Welcome to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, where we help you conquer the internet one video at a time. We cover everything from how to start a YouTube channel to how to make a video go viral. And now, here's your host, the one and only Dusty Porter. Hello there, creative people, wonderful people of the internet, YouTube creators, future YouTube creators. Welcome to episode 58 of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. My name is Dusty Porter, the host of this wonderful show and many more over on the Porter Media Network. If that interests you, you can check out the other shows in the show notes. I do want to let you guys know that if you would like to get a shout out on next week's episode, you can go on over to iTunes or Stitcher Radio, leave us a review, let us know what you think of the show, whether it be positive or negative. We're always looking for ways that we can improve this show and your insight and your knowledge of what's helping you you and your YouTube journey is really valuable to me and my team as we continue to create and produce these wonderful episodes every single Wednesday. Uh, I believe now I've tallied it last night. I have about eight interviews already lined up for the next, I'd say, two to three weeks with some really interesting YouTube creators. So if you haven't already, go on over to wherever you consume your podcast and hit that subscribe button so you know every time we release a new episode, you will get it updated in your feed. So this week we have one review coming from Amarian or Amarin. I think it's Amara in Seattle. Um, it says, great resource for YouTube creators, five stars. The helpful and entertaining episodes of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast introduced me to dynamic new creators, inspiring ideas for enhancing my channels, and provides opportunities to be a part of building an ever better YouTube community, which right now in this situation that we're in with YouTube and online stuff like that. It's a great thing to to be talking about. Uh, She said, exciting for what is next. So Amara in Seattle, thank you so much for those kind words. It means so much to me that you guys are going over and taking time to leave a review um, and just enjoying the show as much as you are. Uh, Today, I'm so excited for you guys to dive into this conversation with me. So let's quickly move on to that. I do want to remind you that this show, as always, is brought to you by the fine folks over at TubeBuddy, T-U-B-E-B-U-D-D-Y. Now, I've been a supporter of TubeBuddy long before they were supporting this show. But if you're looking for a tool, people ask me all the time, what is a great resource or a great tool that you just could not live without? And it's not because they sponsor this show. It's literally because I use their tools every single day whenever I'm processing YouTube videos every single day. TubeBuddy, check it out. It'll be in the show notes of this episode and all of the other episodes. Uh, free browser plugin. You can upgrade to the paid tool uh, if you find it useful for you and your channel. So guys, thank you so much again for listening and let's go ahead and jump into this week's conversation. Hello guys and welcome back to this week's conversation. I am so excited today to be joined by David Picciuto. He is a YouTube content creator, a full-time online content creator, designing, creating, and teaching the art of woodworking. He has an art background and he incorporates that into his projects and he focuses on originality and design. David, how are you doing today? Very good. How are you? I am doing absolutely fantastic. I'm so excited to talk with you today about your YouTube channel, your YouTube journey. You're doing it full time now. Uh, You also have a great website, makesomething.tv. So let's go ahead before we get too excited and let's, uh, if you would, tell our audience a little bit more about who you are and how you got started on YouTube. Sure. Uh, So I used to be a I went to school for graphic design and then that kind of morphed into web development from there. And I worked for a marketing agency for over 10 years. 
and uh, I was also like a hobby photographer, and I wanted to get some of my photos framed for an upcoming art show, and I was like, oh, man, custom framing is expensive. Maybe I can learn to do this myself, and so I just started watching other YouTube channels and picked up woodworking, and and I could see like... um, there were some really cool YouTube content creators out there. And I was like, I want to do that. And so I used my marketing background, working with the ad agency. I'm very familiar with branding and all that. And I was able to, and I, and I was able to create my own brand and start YouTube. And so it's a, I kind of just fell into it. And then for a couple of reasons, it, it took off and uh, I was able to quit my job a couple of years ago and make content full time for a living. I love it. And let's talk for a minute about the title of your YouTube channel, Make Something. Uh, number one, uh, it's great branding. Uh, it's For what you do with woodworking, I think it's perfect for what you're trying to do in branding your channel. But how did that come about? Was that something that you always knew you wanted to start? <laughs> or when you were starting your YouTube channel, did you say, okay, you know what, I'm doing woodworking, make something, it just makes sense. Like, How did that come to be? Well, it's an interesting story. So... Uh, Back when I was still working with the ad agency, uh, I had a buddy over, and we're outside. We're out in the backyard. We had a fire going, and we're drinking whiskey. And I was just starting to get into the woodworking hobby, and I had a bunch of tools in my basement. And my buddy jokingly said, hey, let's do another shot of whiskey and go make a desk. And I thought, ha, 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 you know, the drunken woodworker. And so uh, the next day, I started a Facebook channel called The Drunken Woodworker. And people started liking it just because of the name. And I had some, and I came up with a logo, and I had some strong branding, and uh, um, a solid color palette. And uh, people thought I was more established than I actually was. I was just, I just had strong branding, but I was a terrible woodworker. But people were picking up on that. And then I started to make the YouTube channel, which started off as the Drunken Woodworker. And it all started off as a joke, and then it turned into my career. So, um, and a couple years ago, I had already, I was already starting to do it full time as the drunken woodworker, and I was at this event, and uh, it was a public event, and this twelve year old kid comes up to me. Sorry if the story's too long, but it's it, it, no, it's, no, it's, I love it. I want you to be in depth about the the actual the beginnings of your YouTube channel. Awesome. So this uh, 12, 13 year old kid comes up to me and he's like, you're the drunken woodworker. And then he's like, dad, this is a drunken woodworker. And I never felt so embarrassed in my life because I had the silly name, but of course I take what I do very seriously and I'm very safe and I would never ever drink while, while woodworking. But this kid introduced his dad to me as a drunken woodworker and I felt super embarrassed. And, um, when I got back home, I'm like, you know what? I'm changing my branding. I don't want to ever have that embarrassment anymore. And I, I wanted my channel to grow into something that's more than just woodworking. I wanted to do art and metalworking and crafts. And so I wanted to get rid of the word, the word woodworking. And so it came up with something kind of generic, um, with, and the, the name now is make something, but I used to end all my videos with stay passionate and make something. And so I just pulled the the name out of, out of that. So everything kind of happened by accident, but it, you know, 
a happy accident, you know. <laughs> Let me ask you this, David. How important do you think the the branding aspect is on YouTube as far as like, you know, you've done a really good job of, and I know I tell people this, but again, it, it sometimes it's like your parents sometimes when they <laughs> tell you something and then you hear it from someone else, you actually believe it. Uh, where, you know, as far as the importance of branding, you know, you use your logo and your thumbnails all look very, uh, you know, in, in stream with your, your branding. How important do you think branding is in growing a YouTube channel from the ground up? Well, I come from a market agency so I'm gonna have a very biased opinion but it's extremely important branding is that first impression it's that perceived uh, um, value like somebody's gonna look at your logo or look at your your headshot and they're going to whether it's justified or not they're gonna make a judgment right away on what the contents gonna be on on how good you're gonna be so branding is so super important plus it it helps people recognize you down the road. If you have a memorable name or logo that sticks in your head, maybe that first time you watch a video, you, you, it doesn't stick with you. But then down the road, a, a few weeks or months or whatever it is, you, you're like, oh, that's that, that's that guy again. That's that, that's that same logo. And you, it creates that familiarity that you, that you need. So branding is super important. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Now, let's transition into you said something earlier that I want to take note of. You you know, you do uh you do this YouTube thing full time now, obviously with your make something.tv website and you do merchandise and you sell products and things like that. But let's talk about this. Like, what was the transition like from going to just a hobbyist to now like a full time YouTuber? And what are you doing? I guess, you know, question one B would be what are you doing to monetize and make a living from your YouTube channel and your content? Sure. Um, it was so the transition from working a nine to five job to content creation was a very natural one. I could it just it just didn't happen overnight. It was something that I wanted to do and it grew slowly. And then it got to a point where it's like, okay, I'm putting just as much time into my YouTube channel and my website as I am into my nine to five job. And you you'll see it. You'll see when it's about to happen. And you're like, okay, I need to start thinking about doing this full time. And um, and so I was I, I put some things in place which now uh, support me today. So my my income is I think eight different revenue streams. So I love it. Yeah, there's and, and you have to because you don't know what the future of YouTube is. You don't you need to have your eggs in multiple baskets because the Internet moves so fast or you could do something that you didn't know was wrong. But you could YouTube could take your channel down instantly because you violated a terms of service. And so some of the revenue streams that I have is uh, obviously would be the YouTube AdSense uh, sponsored content. So companies will pay me money to use their products or to speak about their products in my videos. I have uh, Patreon, which is growing pretty, pretty fast. I sell because I'm in the DIY space. Um, I sell plans and, and patterns to some of the projects that I'm doing. And then there's merchandise and Amazon affiliates is a huge portion of what I do. And I've written a couple books. That's seven. Some there's another, there's another revenue stream in there somewhere, but Oh, uh, yeah. So it's, you know, seven or eight different, different things. None of them on their own would make a livable wage, but altogether it creates what I am today. Exactly. And you can't, like you said, you made a very, very valid point. You cannot, uh, 
you know, you never know the future of YouTube, especially as shaky as everything is now uh, with the future of the ad revenue and the AdSense. You know, we are very thankful and I'm, I, I feel very blessed that Google allows us to take part in that program. And it's definitely a piece of the amount of money that I make personally on a monthly basis. But, you know, I use YouTube as like a, a, a you know, one branch on a tree. Uh, and there's tons of different branches on that tree. And you mentioned you have eight or nine. And I know I have seven, eight or nine myself. And you have to understand if you're wanting to take YouTube to the next level and make it be your business, you can't count directly on a platform. And I think you've done something that a lot of YouTubers are very hesitant in doing. And that's you moved over and you have your own personal website and you capture email addresses. Maybe talk on that for a minute. What what made you decide to, uh, other than the fact of not relying on a single platform, you know, in being YouTube, but what made you decide that you wanted to have your own website and your own, I guess you would say, stake in the ground when it comes to on the internet? Yeah. Uh, many, I, I would imagine a lot of your listeners also know who Pat Flynn is, um, Smart Passive Income. Um, you know, if you listen to his podcast and read his website, he also talks about, you know, you, you cannot rely on one thing, especially when that one thing is out of your control. And so just from that and my marketing background, I knew like, okay, I need to, uh, uh, I need to, I need to branch out and have these, these, these different branches from the tree to make sure that I'm always going to be okay. It's that, that safety net. And, um, you know, and, and a website is a great place to gather, have a central place for all of your stuff. So you can watch my YouTube videos on my website. You can find my my Twitter and my Instagram and, and links to Snapchat and all that. And then it has there's a place for my store. And sometimes I will make content, not very often, but sometimes it just doesn't fit on YouTube where it, there needs to be a central place where you could you can always go. And you know, and you mentioned um, capturing emails, and that's a big part of my my business too. Is uh, I'll give stuff away. Sometimes these these companies will send me tools or or whatever, and like, hey, we want to use this in a, we use this in a video, and I'm like, well, how about I, you know, I'll get I'll give something away, and so like, if you want to win this, we'll just say a drill, go to my website. And fill out the uh, the email sign up form, and then I I gather all those emails, and, and that's just another way to promote um, the my m- the things that I sell. I can once a week I do kind of like a, a roundup of like this is what's going on in in my world. Here here's the you know I put that all in an email, and and then um, once in a while I'd be like oh. Just for you email subscribers, here's a coupon to my store. People love coupons. And so anytime there's a discount, you know, people rush to the store and they'll they'll buy my my merch or my patterns and plans. And so it all it all works together. It does. It really does. I love hearing how creators like yourself are just utilizing just different ways. And Pat Flynn and other uh, creators like him, podcasters, are doing a great job helping entrepreneurs like yourself and myself uh, take their content to the next level. Let me let me ask you this, David. What is something that you wish someone would have told you when you first started out on YouTube? Man, um, that's a good question. I think. I wish somebody to, would have told me to um, experiment a little, a little bit more, and find your voice. Because my my YouTube channel took a while to evolve. Um, I tried making a certain type of video for a while because I thought that that was the type of video that was going to work. And what I mean by that was 
if you look at my older videos, you don't see my face. You just see my hands doing the woodworking with a boring voiceover. And I thought people, that's what people wanted to see. But it turns out people actually wanted to see your personality. So um, personality is really important on camera because people actually connect with with you. And so I wish somebody t would have said, hey, show your face more and talk to the camera. Talk to the people like your, like your, like your friends. And what, why do you think that is? Like, is it just the transparency of it? The transparency of just letting your viewers know that you're not just a voice behind the camera and you're actually a real person with real problems and real issues. And, and you know, sometimes people think of YouTube creators as, uh, you know, as actors and that their real lives yeah. are just, that's all they do is YouTube. When they get a behind the scenes look, and that's why I love doing this podcast, is sometimes we uh, we can get a behind the scenes look of, of the creators that we love. And do you just think it's just a transparency? Thing? I, I think it's that. I also think there is people will find that connection. So if I'm talking to the people, like like we're all in the same room and we're we're having fun and we're ma we're making we're making jokes, uh, I think people will will find something in there that they connect to. Like, oh, we like the same thing, or um, you know, uh, um, it's just. It's like talking to somebody over the phone versus talking to them in person. There's that there's that eye contact. You 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 feel connected, and yeah, there is a transparency. But I think it's more about just it's a it's a conversation. It's more of a YouTube is definitely a one way street. But when you're when you make eye contact and you're looking into the camera and you're talking to the people, it opens up for the conversation in in the comments or whatever. I think it just connects more. Absolutely. No, I completely agree 100% with that. Now, let's talk about the process of making these videos. Obviously, you have really good quality, and, I, and as with any YouTuber, it gets better with time. You, you you learn new things that works for you and what doesn't, but were you at any in any way associated with video editing before you started the channel, or was that something that you, you were kind of self-taught and had to learn as you went? Uh, well, I have the uh, advantage of I did I did do some video editing at the ad agency. The ad agency that I work for is really small. And so I had to do uh, multiple jobs. I was mostly a web developer, but I also did some photography, some videography. And then I used to do some video editing before we hired a dedicated person for that job. And so yeah, that's my unfair advantage is I know how branding works and I've done all this before. But I, what I always tell people is, don't let that stop you. Just dive in and do it. You know, if you don't know anything about editing, just just get started because I see so many people, not just in video in the video world, but in the DIY world or the furniture world where they want to learn everything first and then do it. And you're never going to learn everything. That's just that's just a, an excuse for you to not get started yet. So dive in, make mistakes and and go from there. Just get started. You'll un, you'll understand how the process works once you actually start doing it. 100% agree. And then on that note, what are some tools of the trade that you use that you just could not live without? Like just whether it be a a piece of hardware or software or internet resource that, you know, you utilize on a on a weekly or daily basis in creating your content that you just couldn't live without. Hmm. That's a good. That's a good question. You know, I I do all my editing in Final Cut Pro, which is a Mac based product, but that doesn't matter. Um, man, I I and I use Sony cameras. I've always I've always used Sony cameras, but I don't know. I think you know. Here, here it is. 
my phone. I could not live without my phone because as a as a content creator, I'm always looking for ways to connect with the audience. And if I have my phone on me and I'm waiting in line or whatever, I can use that moment to like, you know, respond respond to some Twitter comments or read the the comments on, on my YouTube channel and respond to that. And so just the interaction with the people that are taking time to watch your videos is really important. You can't respond to everything once you get to a certain point, but you, some but it's important that you do take the time to respond to as much as you can. I love that. I was actually getting done editing and wrapping a podcast episode that I'm going to release on Friday for another podcast uh, in regards to online video and marketing, uh, talking about how to respond to trolls uh, within the YouTube comment system because, man, it seems like it's becoming more and more rampant as time goes. I don't know what's going on in society. But uh, anyways, if you could give one piece of advice to someone wanting to start a YouTube channel or wanting to grow their YouTube channel, what would that piece of advice be? Don't buy the equipment yet. Use your phone. Just use what you have because you don't want to invest a bunch of money and then find out like you're going down the wrong path. So just use what you have and get started now. Don't wait. Love it. I love that. And sometimes we get caught up, David, in the allure of getting that – I don't know how you would even say it. The allure of, man, that newest, the latest and greatest. We got to have it. The only way that we're going to succeed on YouTube is to have the best camera, the best yep. gear. And that's such a, a, a false lie that we tell ourselves. You know, it really is uh, something that you can do on a budget now. Uh, and if you're yeah. going to invest in one thing, and hopefully you agree with me on this, invest in audio. Uh, because if people cannot understand what you're saying, I say this over and over again, but yet people still go out and buy $1,000 cameras and get a dinky microphone. It doesn't matter how crisp you look or how good you look on camera. If people can't understand you, they're never going to invest in your channel or your community. Uh, in, cl in closing of this interview, David, I want to ask you a couple more questions about the future. So question number one is this. What do you see next for your YouTube channel? You're obviously doing this full time. You're branching out with, uh, you know, make something. TV. You've got other branding stuff going on with your products and whatnot. So what are you wanting to do in the future to grow your YouTube channel? All right. So this might go against a lot uh, of what a lot of other people say, but I don't think about the future too much because the internet moves so fast. I'm only thinking about what's going on in the next two weeks or the next two months. And so I'm working on that particular content. I personally am always ready to pivot and change directions if needed. I've changed my career path many times. I mean, I went to school for graphic design and then ended up a web developer. I also got into audio production for a recording studio and then I got into photography and then then the the YouTube thing and who knows where it's going to go next. And yeah, and I I think it's important. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I think it is important to understand that it's okay yeah. to pivot, right? It's okay to change directions. Yeah. And and it's okay and it's also okay to fail. You can change directions and if something doesn't work, you can always go back to the previous direction and 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 then work on that path from there. So being able to pivot and just change on at the at the moment is really crucial to being a good, successful content creator. And what would you say on that note of people who are like, man, I started this YouTube channel, but I'm really not into what I started 
talking about or doing my channel about, what would you say to that person? Like, it's okay. And what I tell them, it's okay to change directions. And people have to understand that you're not going to be able to create good, valuable content if you're not passionate about what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's so 100% true. One of the mistakes I made in the beginning was when you have a small channel, you get less comments, of course. And some of those comments uh, will say, hey, you should do this or you should make this or I'd like to see you do this. And when you're when you're small and you get those little suggestions, you're thinking, OK, that's what the people want. But in reality, that's only what that one person wanted. And then you find yourself making what you think the people want to see. And that's not then the, the passion will slowly go away. You have to make what you want and I'll let the people connect to that. It's because it, if, it, if that passion is not there and uh, then it just turns into, if you're doing it for a living, then it just turns into another nine to five job and you have to do what you want to do. Your passion will come through in your work. It doesn't matter what you're doing with your YouTube videos. People will be able to tell whether or not you're passionate and still passionate about what you do. I could not agree with David Moore. And the last question that I want to ask you is this. We spoke earlier about the volatility of YouTube and any one single platform and not relying on that platform. So speaking of YouTube and the future, what do you think the future of YouTube as a platform is? Mm. I That's a good question, and I'm really terrible at reading the crystal ball, but I think there's going to be... I think YouTube is going to get more into like the, the Twitch area. Some They're going to focus more on the live live streaming. Um, I, I, I feel like somehow they have to make um, the distance between the creator and and the and the viewers shorter. I think I don't know what that is, but there needs to be more interaction between the the, the creators and and the and the consumers. And I don't I don't know. I wish I actually wish YouTube would move a little bit faster when it comes with this. You see Facebook like buying up all these different technologies and doing adding all these new things and YouTube seems to be a little bit slower but I don't know. Live streaming. That's my that's my answer I think. I, I agree. I think live streaming is going to be huge in the future. Um, it's something that I do with the sponsor of this show. The title sponsor of this of this show is TubeBuddy, and I, I live stream on their YouTube channel once a month and, and talk about some YouTube tips and tricks and whatnot. So I completely agree with that. David, let our audience know where they can find you on the Internet. So my main central point is makesomething.tv, and that has links to my YouTube channel and my Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Well, I wanted to let you know, thank you so much for deciding to join me today on the podcast. I think you've had so much value, guys. I would highly recommend uh, if you're into woodworking or even if you're not, if you just want to see someone who's good at woodworking, go check out David's YouTube channel, Make Something, over on YouTube as well as MakeSomething.tv, his website. Go check him out, David. Thanks again for joining us today, and we'll talk to you later. Right on. Thanks, Dusty. You've been listening to the YouTube Creators Podcast. We want to thank you and invite you to subscribe to the show as well as support us on Patreon for great perks such as having your YouTube channel featured on the show and a link on our website. Until next time, keep uploading those videos.